Hi folks, welcome back to the official catch-up, sponsored by our friends at the Soccer Shop Direct. Derek here, and I have had a chat with George Fraser, who's chairman of the Lowland League and also of BSC Glasgow uh, this evening. So I've gone into the league reconstruction in terms of the SPFL, a little bit more general chat about the Lowland and the West of Scotland, and we finished up with a bit of chat about BSC in particular. Uh, and how the club is preparing for next season in these uncertain times. So I hope you enjoy it. Please do feedback, any comments or any uh, reactions you've got to us. The Twitter, as always, at Official Catch Up, and you'll find us on all your regular social media channels and so on as well. So appreciate you listening, and here it comes. Yeah, so thanks again, George, for giving me some of your time. I really appreciate it. And, um, no problem. I do have a fair list of questions to run through, so I don't know if we'll get through them all, but we'll, uh, we'll do our best. But um, Can I just ask, first of all, the, the main topic, a conversation everyone ha- is on about just now, uh, with the SPFL and league reconstruction. Um, obviously, you were part of the group looking at the reconstruction efforts. Mm-hmm. What are your overall thoughts now that it's kind of dead in the water, so it seems? Yeah, really, really disappointed. Obviously, you know, I mean, I, I went into them with a, a degree of hope. I wouldn't say it was, a, you know, an overriding feeling that we were going to get something done. However, I went in with a degree of uh, optimism. Uh, you know, we had three meetings and we spent we spent a fair amount of hours uh, discussing things, various options. You know, and, and from the outset, it was clear. You know, it was clear to me that obviously, you know, the the SPL uh, had to be, you know, accommodated in many ways. I, you know, they needed four old firm games, for instance, yeah. uh, was one of the things that you know we really had to concentrate on. And, and it soon sort of became uh, boiled down to, you know, there was really probably only going to be two options on the ta- table initially, that being the the three fourteens or fourteen and three tens. And you know, there was arguments two and four, as you would imagine, uh, for for both. For both, uh, you know, options. Obviously, myself and, and Rod Houston from the Highland League, uh, you know, back to fourteen and three tens. Of course, because that would allow uh, reconstruction to take place, whereby Kelty and Brora could could enter uh, enter the league. So, you know, we were we were pushing that uh, sort of agenda, if you like. However, it got to about the, the third meeting, uh, and the option of 14, 14, 14 evolved slightly, you know, just through discussion into a 14, 14, 16. And that really seemed to gather traction. You know, there was a real sort of enthusiasm for that. You know, we're under no illusions. It was by far a done deal. That's, that's, that's for sure. However, you know, it, it, it seemed to have uh, traction with the majority of the meeting. And I actually came away from that meeting thinking, yeah, we, we could actually get something done here. You know, I thought, you know, we, we can move forward with this option, uh, you know, and, and give give a bit of hope to, to Broda and Kelty. However, obviously, <laughs> that the, the illusions were shattered uh, last Friday uh, when I uh, got word uh, in Friday afternoon that the SPL clubs, or six SPL clubs, sorry, had rejected, you know, any, any notion of uh, reconstruction. So it was basically dead in the water at that point, you know, and uh, as I say, you know, we, we had to move on from it, but it was really, really, really disappointing ending. There was a lot of highs and lows, uh, but it was, it was a disappointing ending, that's for sure. So has it been left at this left stage at this that stage basically those conversations are finished? Um, that they might not, like, is there any idea of them getting revived for longer term reconstruction or is it basically just over and done with? I mean, it's been said that, you know, it still remains on the table. You've seen many club statements uh, saying, you know, that there's going to be further talks, you know, and it's not off the table. We're thinking about it. But I'll be honest with you, I've been hearing that for years now. You know, it's it seems to be that, yeah, yeah, listen, we're all we're all up for reconstruction and uh, nothing ever gets done. <laughs> you know, we, we're, we're still in the same position as we were when we, you know, and certainly you know, for when the Lowland League started, you know, you hear it every year. Yeah, listen, the clubs are really keen for it. But, you know, we never do it. It's talked about a lot, but there's nothing ever done. So I see all these statements coming out saying, yeah, listen, it's still on the table. We're keen to do it. So I take it with a pinch of salt at the moment, Derek, to be honest. Do you think the whole thing was influenced by the infighting that was going on with the other situation that the SPFL was dealing with? 
I think so. I think I think it'd be naive of us all to think that it wasn't. Uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of uh, political uh, shenanigans going on uh, within the SPFL. You know, particularly in the, in the top divisions. Uh, you know, so I think undoubtedly, you know, that's got to have had a bearing on the decision of the six SPL clubs uh, last week. Uh, and, and determining that you know uh, it was off the table at the moment. So yeah, I, I do. I think you know. I think they're, they're interlinked, uh, and I think you know it definitely had a big part to play. Yeah, and we're we're now in a position where obviously the SPFL is moving forward with the same structure, and essentially what they're saying um, is that there's not going to be any promotion relegation playoff in any of their leagues, including the one that involves the Highland and the Lowlands League as well. Um, but you made the point on Radio Scotland that it's an SFA-run competition, not an SPFL-run one. So I'm bringing this up because earlier on, Neil Doncaster was on PLZ, and mm-hmm. he was asked this question directly. Uh, and his response was basically, it's not happening, because the government's earmarked no restart before the 10th of June, and by that point we'll need to do pre-season before the Betfred Cup. So in his mind... It's just not happening regardless. What would you say to that? Well, I mean, what I would say to it at the moment, I mean, they're still not called the SPL, Derek. Yeah. I mean, they're still planning to start that back. So, you know, obviously different rules there uh, coming into play. The SFA are still talking about playing the Scottish Cup semi-finals. Uh, It'd be roughly the same amount of games. So... There is scope. Listen, I'm a realist as well. I understand, you know, that you know there's no appetite to get the games played. I know that coming from from the SPFL, uh, I get that. However, for them to come out and you know issue a blanket statement about that seems a bit uh, a bit wrong to me. Uh, it's it's a case of you know until that's that competition's officially cancelled, you know, we've got to you know you know remain of the opinion that Broder and Kelty are still eligible to play in the competition mm-hmm. but as I, I reiterate what I said on Radio Scotland you know we've had no indication that that, that playoff competition is cancelled um, and I know what Neil said uh, but you know whilst he's still considering starting back the SPL you know it seems to be a wee bit of different rules there Yeah and have you had any indication from the SFA themselves what they think of it? No none, none. Nothing okay. None at all No Nothing I mean, it's a case of, I expect they'll be waiting for the next review date, which is the 10th of June. Uh, or, I mean, I expect the SPL to be called before, well before that anyway, you know, given that UF have given a deadline of the 25th of May. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that there'll be decisions made well before that. So now that kind of, I guess the working assumption is that there's not going to be that promotion relegation playoff this year. Yeah. If breaking were to finish bottom next season, and mm-hmm. subsequently lose their playoff final in the light of everything mm-hmm. that's come come through recently. Yeah, would you now see them going to the Highland League or the Lowland League? Well, as you know, it requires a rule change for them to come to the Lowland League. Yeah, uh, because as it stands, the boundary dictates that they go to the Highland League, uh, and as is well stated and well documented now, uh, we were approached uh, three three four months ago to uh, be encouraged. To change the boundary, to you know, get Brecon uh, allowed into the Lowland League if if, if that should come to pass. Uh, we obviously, you know, had to go back to our clubs and say, listen, you know, this is on this is on the cards. This is what to be expected, you know. And I think at that point, you know, the clubs I explained the situation of you know the the conversation, shall we say, that had been going on between the SPFL and the league. Uh, and I told you know I was quite open with the clubs. I told them everything that was going on. Uh, so we decided, yeah, that's no problem. We'll put it, through, we'll put it forward as a, as a as a rule amendment to be voted on at our uh, AGM on the first of June. That rule amendment is still on the table for the first of June. However, <laughs> given what's happened in the intervening period, uh, I'll let your listeners guess as to you know what way that might go. <laughs> I mean, I've got no influence. It'll be the clubs. It'll be the clubs who who ultimately decide on that, but. I think you can probably imagine that their view has probably changed ever so slightly in the in the intervening period. And that rule change would be required to change the boundary line. So Absolutely. Um this situation if it gets voted down, breaking would be forced to go to Ireland League, essentially, yeah. if they were in that position. If they were in that position, you know, 
okay, there's a couple of caveats. If our clubs don't vote for it, the, the rule has to remain the same. And if they can finish bottom next year in Division 2, yes, uh, they would go to the Highland League. So one of the other questions um, that I was asked to, to put to you about this situation as well um, was to do with if the boundary was to be changed, so you've mentioned that that was put forward to the AGM and it's still on the table as yep. things stand, would there potentially be anything in return from the SPFL um, or has that not been indicated? Uh, as far as I'm aware and as far as I'm aware during conversations we've had with SPFL, there would be nothing in return. Right, perfect, perfect. Um, but looking at the other end of the league now as well, so kind of moving on to more towards Lowland League side of things. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of questions now being risen, and I've had to, at least five or six come into me in the last day or so, yeah. um, to do with relegation from the Lowland League down to yeah. obviously the new West of Scotland's joined East and the South of Scotland leagues. Yeah. So is that something else that will be touched on in the AGM? Do you think? There's nothing on the table for it for for this this uh, this AGM coming up. However, it's not to say that it can't it can't be discussed uh, going forward. You know, as, as you're probably well aware, I mean, much like the SPFL, the Lowland League is a members league, mm-hmm. uh, so it requires the members to vote on it. Uh, and much like the SPFL, you can see what's happening there. You know that. Uh, to use an old phrase, turkeys aren't voting for Christmas at the moment in the SPFL. So. I suspect it would need a bit of negotiation with our with our clubs within within the Lowland League to enable that to, to happen. However, we are acutely aware uh, of the the bottleneck that's forming, shall we say, uh, or that's going to be forming beneath us. You know, obviously with the East already established, the South, and now the the New West League. You know, we're aware there's some probably about 120 teams in that region. Looking to you know get into the Lowland League, so you know from my own point of view, yeah, listen, something's going to have to give, uh, but that's a negotiation that we're going to have to to have with the clubs and speak to the clubs. It'll be an open forum, you know. I mean, at the end of the day, we are a members league, and you know I'm only there to to to, to serve the members. Uh, you know, it's going to sound like Neil Doncaster here. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. That's uh, all right. No, but no, I mean, but you know, I'm you know, it's a members league, so we'll be led by what the members say. But I think that you know, there needs to be a dialogue opened up, and we need to we, we need to be realistic and start talking about what's uh, what's below us, shall we say? And so, for that point of view, yeah, I think it's a dialogue that needs to happen. And uh, with Kelty's statement came out and made it clear that the contingency is that Bowness are going to join the league. Um, yeah. So that was referred to in one of the initial statements that came out from the league officially saying there were contingency plans in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the South haven't presented a champion club given that they null and voided uh, their yeah. season ultimately. So yeah. is the understanding that the league will run with 17 teams next season all being well and then potentially look to revert back to 16? Yeah, that's very much the case. Uh, we will run with 17. I mean, well, all things being equal, Bones get their license, and uh, you know they they will join the Lowland League as and when they get that. There's currently a waiver in place to allow them to give them about a time to get their license. However, things are things are slightly complicated at the moment, and in, in that they need to wait to the SFA AGM, mm-hmm. uh, and there's not been a date set for that. You know, a revised date. Sorry. Uh, so we'll need to wait uh, until they'll need to wait, obviously, till the, the SFA AGM. But however, that place is there for bonus. Uh, but you're right, yeah, we will have to return to re- re- return to 16 clubs uh, in due course. And will that just follow the same relegation rules that were um, yeah. changed say, a year or two ago now that um, essentially it will depend on who goes up, who goes down, all that kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. It'll be that that will be in place. You know, it'll be the same same rules as 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 in place. One of the questions I got was on those uh, rules at the mm-hmm. the twenty eighteen twenty nineteen season. They were clarified a lot about the relegation rules. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference being, say, if Kelty were to replace Breakin, uh, mm-hmm. Vale or Leithen would have been spared relegation, whereas previously they would have needed to reapply for a, yep. the vacant spot. So, what was the thinking behind that? Uh, can a slight change in the, the rules that were, was made at that point? 
Sorry, you talking about when when Whitehill went down, etc. Yeah, so. yeah. So the old rule saying that somebody could apply for the vacant spot, whereas now it's been streamlined. I guess you could say. Yeah, listen, we're always looking to to adjust the rules to, to make it as easy as possible to understand. Uh, you know, what I mean, nobody li- nobody likes looking at a rule and actually not knowing what the rule means. Uh, <laughs> so you know, I think there was a bit of confusion that that, that season. Uh, so well, we're just looking to, you know, to use your word, to, to streamline it and make it easier for everyone to to get to grips with, you know. And I think we've done that. You know, we've actually had uh, put an addendum to the rules where it shows you the actual all the permutations in a sort of table. Yeah. Uh, so that people to understand and actually easier to, to grasp. Um, we felt that was something that was missing because there was a lot of misunderstanding that season in terms of uh, the league's position and, you know, what clubs were, uh, you know, in danger of being relegated, etc. So, yeah, it was just to, to to simplify things, if you like. Uh, although we've used a lot more words, it, was, it is simplified now. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing, um, there's actually two more I've just noticed, but... Um, Someone has pointed out that obviously the the calls are becoming to come through now that non league should try and unite together um mm-hmm. and get a stronger voice at the table with everything that's happened recently. Um obviously like some of us will be aware that you meet with the uh, East of Scotland, West of Scotland and South of Scotland leagues pretty regularly as it is. Um, mm-hmm. Am I right saying that's quarterly those meetings? Yeah, we try we try to keep them. You know, I think quarterly is probably a, a fair fair reflection of what, what's happened in the last couple of seasons. Yeah, we we have what used to be called obviously the three leagues meeting. Mm-hmm. Now that the West have joined, that will become four. Uh, you know, surprisingly. Uh, so yeah, we, we we try to get together to discuss various issues that, that affect all all divisions and within the pyramid. You know, the South Challenge Cup, etc. You know, which is a common competition for the for uh, for the leagues uh, and any other issues that we see we see coming up, so it's a very valuable meeting to be honest with you. You know because it allows us to, you know, sort of try and standardise everything a wee bit. You know, and we're we're, lo- we're always looking to standardise the rules within the pyramid. Uh, you know, to make it you know easy uh, for each league to to inter- to to relate to the other leagues. So that's something we're constantly looking at. Is you know one of them is standardisation of the rules across the leagues. Uh, there are some minor differences that will have to remain, but you know, in general, that's one of the functions of the one of the functions of the three leagues meeting. And do you see going forward, basically, that now four leagues meeting, um, mm-hmm. basically talking as one with regards trying to obtain that automatic relegation for League Two and those kind of issues as well. I think so. You know, I mean, I think you know, the more voices you've got behind you, the, the louder you'll be heard. Uh, I, I think you know we have to use that that pressure. Uh, you know, because we're not going to go away, and we're, we're we're getting stronger. You know, we've just introduced the West of Scotland League. It's probably one of the biggest, you know, uh, moves within the pyramid. You know, in fact, probably the biggest move. You sixty-seven teams starting a new league. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it can't be ignored, and it can't be you know just swept aside. You know, they have to take into account that this pressure is now building beneath. You know, and I think sometimes, you know, it's felt as they see it as a threat. And I'm talking about SPFL, particularly Division 2 clubs at the moment. I think sometimes they see what's coming behind them as a threat. But, you know, there's nothing to be scared about. You know, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a refreshing change, I think. You know, you need change. You can't just have the same all the time, you know. And and I, and I know I'm shooting down one argument about relegation and promotion from the Lowland League because, you, know, you know, we've brought that pressure on ourselves by starting the West of Scotland League. But that's what the pyramid's all about, surely. Yeah. So you need freshness. You know, you need to freshen things up. You know, and you just, you know, you can't just keep ignoring now Probably, you know, including the Lowland League now, 136 to 140 teams. You just can't ignore it. I mean, it's not, and I'll say this and I'll say it again, it's not a functioning pyramid. It doesn't work at the moment. And it's not working because it's not functioning properly. You know, you look at England's pyramid, they're they're automatic. You know, they think they've maybe got two up, you know, from the National Leagues. You know, we're still having, our champion club is still having to go through four games to get into the SPFL. That can't be right. And I, I believe that's not what the thought behind it was when Stuart Reagan set it up. Do you see it changing in the near future? Uh, my heart and the head are saying two different things here. You know, in my heart, I say I'm going to say yes. In my head, 
Yeah, it's it's a difficult one. It's a difficult one. I, I think you know we could still be a wee bit away from it. I'm going to be honest. You know, as long as that voting structure remains in place, uh, it's going to be really difficult. Uh, you know, I, I just can't see how they're going to give it up. Uh, you know, I mean, if I'm a t- if I'm a team in Division Two, Derek, I, I'm going to be looking at it and thinking, okay, nobody really wants to drop into the Highlander low only. However, if I'm going to do it, what's the easiest way back out of these leagues? The easiest way is automatic promotion. Surely if you're dropping into a league below you, you're not wanting to go through four games to get into a, to get back to where, where you, you, you originated from. It doesn't make any sense. Now, and I understand the thinking will be, listen, it will never happen to us. You know, I'm sure East Stirlingshire said that. I'm sure Berwick have said that. You know, it's never going to happen to us. We'll never be in Team 42's position. And I'm sure Breakin never thought it three years ago when they won the championship. But, it does happen. So they need to start thinking ahead. They need to start thinking about, you know, what is easy, what's the easiest solution to us to, to, for us to, to rise to the pyramid again should, uh, you know, that fate befall us. Mm-hmm. So it, it, for me, it's it doesn't make any sense. So, you know, if you're, you know, if, if you're thinking about it logically, and I realise sometimes that doesn't apply in Scottish football, <laughs> but if you're thinking about it logically, you would say, yeah, listen, let's open up, let's have automatic and, and uh, uh, relegation and promotion. But ultimately, I think there's probably about too much self-interest at the moment. Uh, and I think we might still be a wee bit away from it. So the other thing, um, just to pick up, because I spoke to Ian McMenemy recently uh, <laughs> as well, and he'd floated an idea of potentially putting off the playoffs in their entirety for a couple of mm-hmm. years, and I know that's been shot down quite widely now. Um, yeah. So, going forward, do you basically see the situation being exactly the same then with the playoffs as they are and um, just continuing on as per? I think so. I, I just can't see any <clears throat> any way, you know, we seem to be a bit of a stalemate at the moment, and I don't think these events have helped matters, you know, just given what's been said now and what's, you know, been written. Uh, I think there's, you know, uh, it would need a bit of reconciliation, I think, across the game, not just at our level, but right across Scot- Scottish football uh, for anybody to change their mind in a positive way. Uh, so, yeah, unfortunately, I can see this going on for, for another wee while, you know, and it's not what we want, of course. Uh, it's not what we need. However, uh, you know, those are two different things, aren't they? You know, it's, it's just... I'm frustrated. That I think that's the best way to put it. I'm frustrated at the the lack of foresight, uh, Derek. And I understand mm-hmm. why the SPFL clubs are doing it. They're looking after their own interests. Uh, yeah, I mean, the overall answer is yeah. I can see it going on for a while, mate. To be honest. Well, let's move on to something a bit more positive. Uh, Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the West of Scotland now yes. is getting started. As you've mentioned already, sixty-seven new teams in the pyramid, and. It almost yeah. happened out of nowhere. Um, there was a lot of turn and throwing at the new year, um, and I was lucky enough to to come along to the an information evening when it all seemed to fall into place as mm-hmm. well. But just for anyone listening, um, I think the easiest place to start with is how we ended up getting here when it looked as if it was all over the shop a lot of the time. Yeah, I mean, I said it's been all over the shop for a wee while. <clears throat> Obviously, it started with the Pyramid Working Group meetings. Uh, they've been going on now for probably three or four years. And uh, eventually, you know, the talks broke down eventually after a lot of talking, after a lot of, uh, uh, you know, discussion about various options. Uh, there was no one option that seemed to suit everyone. Uh, whilst we all recognised, though, there was a geographical gap in the west of Scotland. Everyone knew that. Everyone recognised that, but we could never agree on how it was going to get there and how, you know, it was going to be formed or how it's going to be shaped and how it's going to look ultimately. So, yeah, there's a massive amount of talking went on, you know, obviously representatives from the SGIFA, the South of Scotland League, East of Scotland League, Lowland League, and of course the SFA and the Highland League. Uh, So, yeah, eventually, you know, I think it came to a point where, just a realization that you know nothing was going to happen. You know, I think Lord Petrie is actually you know quoted as saying, you know, uh, he stood up at the end of the last meeting and said, "Listen, talks are finished, and we're not we're not revisiting them at the moment." Uh, you know, due to the, the stalemate we were at, 
so it then became obvious to myself and you know the rest of the Lowland League that there was still this geographical gap in the west of Scotland which needed filled, uh, and that's you know why we we proceeded forward to 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 do do something about that, and uh, you know we spoke to the SFA and you know and eventually you know we got to the position we were in putting out applications for for a new league. Uh, so that's a that's a short version. I can bore you to death for, for hours <laughs> about how actually you know the, the politics behind it all. But you know that that's a shortened version of how we how we got here. Well, talking of politics, the next question. Um, I'll brace brace you for impact. Um, Sorry. The whole process in which the SFA rejected the all in conferences at Tier Six mm-hmm. and yep. the kind of inevitable fallout from there. Um, mm-hmm. Lockheed's general secretary claimed that conferences to tier six were going to be a no go um, before clubs moved over. Mm-hmm. Were you aware at any point that there was any issues there before it was communicated out? Derek, I, I actually said this openly at a Zoom meeting with the West of Scotland clubs uh, that Rod Petrie from the very start had always said his preferences was not to have conference conferences. Mm-hmm. That was his preference. That's the key word here, preference. Okay. However, there was a lot of discussion uh, after that, a lot of discussion in between times between the Lowland League and Rod, the SFA, and the uh, powers that be at Hamden about you know how we wanted to shape it and we wanted conferences. And we felt we got to a position where actually, you know, on the 24th of March, I think, <clears throat> uh, we were in a position where we uh, had a sort of understanding that we were going to be in conferences. So I was aware that Rod Petrie, his preference wasn't for conferences. You know, I, I don't recall at any time uh, I'm turning around and saying, you know, 100% no. I mean, I'd always had, had kept an, an open dialogue with him. Uh, but I can assure you, and I can assure you, everyone that's listening to it, it's not the way it was, it's been painted. There was many, many conversations, many, many emails between myself, the Lowland League and the SFA about this. And we got ourselves into a position whereby, yeah, listen, uh, conferences, we were going to move ahead, move, sorry, move ahead with conferences. So I, I understand what uh, uh, Larry was uh, alluding to. Uh, however, I think he was speaking from a, a position of ignorance, uh, you know, in terms of what he was saying. And some of the things he did say were, were pretty damaging. Uh, I have to say, but as I say, I'll put that down to you know speaking from a position of not knowing what's uh, what was actually going on in the background mm-hmm. and not party to many many conversations. So, how was it communicated to you that it wasn't going to happen ultimately, and uh, you had to come back with a different idea? Uh, it, it was communicated on uh, the Friday after uh, the professional game board meeting. Uh, that listen, it'd been in front of the professional game board meeting, and the suggestion was that they would only approve it if uh, there was a one uh, of sorry, if there was a if there was a league structure. So obviously, we'd been prepared up to that point. Myself, Dave McKenna, who's put in a hell of a lot of work on this, uh, were prepared. You know, we'd set it all up for conferences, everything, and then we were told to the Friday after the last professional game board meeting no this this wasn't the case uh, they were going they, they, their prefer, pet preference was for this we then went back to them and said look okay your preference is for this so uh, you know the suggestion was have one division at the top uh, and co- equal conferences underneath that because that was you know that's the premise we, we, we told everything on you know we were confident we could get the conferences through uh, and it got to a stage where well, we need to keep some shape or form, you know, because there were teams, new teams coming in. So how how do you, how do you grade those teams? Mm-hmm. How do you put if you were bringing across just a, a tiered structure? How how would you grade those? I don't know. So you know, we asked for uh, you know concession if you like it by that point because that's what it would have to be at that point. Could we still have conferences uh, at tier seven underneath the, the top league? And that was agreed. So, you know, I think it goes to show that, you know, there was a a willingness to to help us out with the conference system. They recognised that's what we what we'd sold the, the 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 new league on. 
So like, just to, to clarify everything, because one of mm-hmm. the points um, that I was asked to raise specifically was to do with the um, judicial panel, and that's yep. came up a few times, saying that at tier um, tier six, that mm-hmm. only 100 clubs as a maximum can be in there. So was that not raised during the whole process specifically, or did that just come up at a later point when no. this was all getting sorted out? It wasn't raised specifically with me, Derek. Okay, because that's um, just want to make that distinction here as well. I think that's an important point to to clarify um, for anyone yeah. listening. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'll tell I'll tell you how far we got with the conferences thing, Derek. Uh, we actually got to we were speaking with the disciplinary department at uh, Hamden uh, to see how we could facilitate it within the JPP. That's how far we got. So you know, that's how confident we were. We'd actually had a meetings, uh, well, virtual meetings, should I say. Uh, with the disciplinary department at Hamden to discuss how we would set up the conferences. So that's how far actually down the road it was. Mm-hmm. And then obviously there's a few clubs that had a, <laughs> a let's just say a, a not too positive reaction when mm-hmm. the news ultimately came out. Yeah. Uh, and we've ended up in the situation where Bonneton, because they were already at that level of re- retained their place alongside mm-hmm. the West Premiership clubs that have moved over and mm-hmm. uh, the clubs that would have been promoted ordinarily yep. uh, as well. So how was the decision made that those three clubs would also go up and join Bonneton with the 16 from the Premiership? Obviously, I mean, that that was a bit of uh, confusion that we didn't actually need, to be honest. Uh, Bonneton, of course, were already a Tier 6 club, so we felt it was wrong to demote them, if you want to use that word, to a conference at Tier 7. That would be wrong. Having, you know, had them apply on the basis that, you know, they were a Tier 6 club already. So that was, you know, a, a most straightforward decision. Uh, during a couple of Zoom meetings we had with all the member clubs, uh, or the, the new applicants, should I say, uh, it was pointed out that, you know, uh, Darvo, uh, Blantyre, and I think Cumbernauld uh, were due to be promoted into the what was then the Super League. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a case of, you know, a, a, a question was asked of us, uh, would we consider going to a 20-team Super League, uh, not Super League, first division or a top division uh, uh, for, you know, to, to, to allow these teams to come up? And, as you know, we've always said, you know, if you ask us a question, we'll go and find out if it's possible. And that's what we did. We had a Zoom meeting with uh, Rod Petrie, Ian Maxwell, myself, Dave McKenna, uh, and we asked the question, and yeah, it, it was allowed on the basis that we got down, we got back down to to sixteen teams uh, eventually. Uh, so it can't stay at twenty, but you know we will get it back down to sixteen, and that you know that process has been worked on at the moment. Okay, so is that still fluid as things stand? Um, just trying to. Yeah. Planning. Yeah, I mean, it might be over one year, it might be over two years, we get it back down to 16. I mean, if you're looking at one year, you're probably looking at seven teams, you know, so it's it's a lot to, to relegate in one year, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I think, you, would, you know, probably two years would be the, the optimum uh, way to do it. So, but again, that, that's been looked at at the moment. And it'll be done in consultation with the clubs as well. And then would the conferences retain... For the second year, do you think, or would that filter into um, kind of leagues, say championship, League One, League Two, for example? I would envisage that would probably the way it would go. Yeah, that was always the intention anyway with the conference system that it would be graded after the first year. Mm-hmm. It was essential in the first year that we got everyone a fair and equal chance, and this is the way. And I've always said this from the very start, from when it was first admitted, is to give everyone a fair and equal chance to play at a level to which they aspire. That's always been the way I've looked at it, and that's not changed. So, uh, you know, after I would say after year one, yeah, we'll have an idea of you know how the teams are graded. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the conference winners will all get promoted as well. Just to double check that as well. Yes, yeah, that's the plan. Gotcha. Um, so the only other thing um to kind of touch on with the West of Scotland, and this was a question uh, that came in talking about there was at one point, I think it was maybe a little bit of um. How do I put this? The certain media outlets were uh, causing a little bit of mischief um, by saying that certain clubs might try and just rekindle the, the West Juniors again and go back. And when the news came out about there being a top league in conferences underneath. So just to confirm that all 67 clubs are 
they're in, they're signed up, they're ready to go, and things are hunky dory as far as we're aware. Yeah. yeah, we've had nobody pulling out. Nobody other than obviously there would have been displeasure, which is natural. Um, yeah. Everyone seems to be on the same hymn sheet, do you think? I think so. As I say, I think Dave McKenna's done an incredible job. Uh, you you know, uh, putting a, a credible amount of work into this, uh, you know, and you know he's kept the clubs up to date with what's, ha- what's happening. Uh, so they're well informed, you know, and it's been very, you know, a consultative process. Uh, so and it'll continue to be so. I mean, ultimately, it's a me- it'll be a members' league. So I mean, uh, you know, so they they'll have their say. But yeah, I, I would like to think you know everyone's now got over. Uh, accepted what's happened. Uh, it wasn't ideal to start with, but everyone, everyone's accepted it, and we'll, we'll now move on in the one direction and hopefully, you know, make a make a make a huge success of it. So now we're uh, in a position where, in terms of the our side of the pyramid, anyway, the non-league side of the pyramid mm-hmm. is finally beginning to bed in uh, a little bit, yeah. get settled. We can begin to focus on when football comes back, and um, which obviously is it could be anyone's guess at this point. Do you think there's any chance of uh, games getting played behind closed doors or is it more likely that football won't return until the fans can come back? Uh, I think there may be a chance of playing games behind closed doors. Uh, it will depend on, obviously, the social distancing measures. Uh, one, one thing I just can't get my head around is how, how you can have 22 guys on a pitch in physical contact uh, with each other mm-hmm. trying to maintain social distancing. Uh, but I believe that there's, you know, been many studies done now uh, over the actual that aspect of things. Uh, so I, I think, you know, we'll certainly start behind closed doors. I don't think there's any doubt, uh, you know, in, in terms of that. When that will be, I don't know. Uh, which, which is, which is obviously the frustrating thing for everyone. So, yeah, I think I think we will start behind closed doors, Derek. But as to when that is, I, I really don't know. And with that in mind, do you think there'll be any provision for, say, for example, live streams of games or other ways for fans to, even though they can't be there, to watch their team as well as just hear the results come through? Yeah, I've actually been asked this a question by a couple of people. And I think, you know, obviously it would need UEFA to, believe it or not, even at our level, relax their broadcast rules. Uh, because I still believe you know we're affected by not being able to broadcast live games within the UK at three o'clock on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I believe you know that, that that would be relaxed because you know it's the only way fans are going to get to see football. So yeah, I think that would certainly be a possibility for you know for clubs. I mean, in our league, for instance, Stirlingshire already do this. Uh, they all live stream games to to uh, you know countries out with the UK. Uh, which is great. It's great for the league, great profile. Uh, so, yeah, I think more and more clubs might might look to do that. And I think it's a, a distinct possibility. And I know it's far too early, um, probably to answer this question with 100% certainty, but do you see any of the cup competitions getting removed to make way for league fixtures or is the hope that we'll be able to get a full schedule um, fulfilled? I, I think it would be very difficult to foresee all competitions going ahead next season. And that's just my opinion at the moment. It's not based on any facts, but given uh, you know what we might be faced with in terms of a time scale, you know, I think to get all our league games in will be difficult uh, for, for a start. I mean, you know, I, I would need to speak to the other associations because, you know, as you know, it's Easter Scotland League run a couple of a uh, Easter Scotland Association, sorry, run a couple of local competitions. Mm-hmm. We also have the South Challenge Cup, and now, you know, certainly for the West region, they will have the Scottish Junior Cup to to uh, to consider as well. But I think there's going to be, you know, a lot of uh, consultation going on uh, in, in regards of what can be played and what can't be played. We need to be realistic. The league's the priority. We need, the league needs to be played. Mm-hmm. So that would come first. And then I think, you know, we've looked at the timescale that we have and see what we can fit in in between times. And bearing, bearing in mind, you know, we have a fair amount of grass pitches, et cetera, as well. And, you know, we're not known for great winters. <laughs> uh, you know, so we'd need to factor all, all, all those elements in, you know. So... <laughs> League will be priority, that's what I'll say. And, you know, if the other competitions can be played within a reasonable time scale, yeah, well, we will we'll do so. But I 
my heart of hearts, I can see us having to cut something uh, next season. And that kind of brings us into focusing on BSE, um, mm-hmm. just as a club more than the, the general leagues. Yep. Um, so the main one that I've been asked to do with the club itself is what is the biggest challenge facing not just BSE but all, all clubs at our level generally? Um, bearing in mind that we're in a slightly more fortunate position and we've just had uh, a pretty decent Scottish Cup run there. Um, yep. So we might be in a slightly better nick than, than other teams yep. in a similar uh, predicament. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to get away from that fact. You know, we're very fortunate to, to have a good Scottish Cup run and, you know, very fortunate to, to draw up a plum tie, uh, which which is no doubt, you know, it, it's helped us, that's for sure. You know, uh, and, you know, that we, we'll, be, we'll be okay, you know, going forward. Uh, however, you know, I'm, I'm aware that other clubs are, you know, uh, maybe not in a, such a fortunate position, you know, and we need to try and help each other and try to help them through it as well. You know, trying to speak to, you know, spoke to a few teams around the league and everyone seems to be okay at the moment. Uh, but, you know, it's still relatively short term when we stopped on the 13th of March. Uh, so, you know, two months ago. So I think it was to go beyond, you know, maybe October time. Uh, people might, you know, clubs might start to, start to feel the pinch, you know. Mm-hmm. I think we're, we're kind of in a, a position as well. I mean, most of the teams in our league, uh, the majority will only have players on one-year contracts. Yeah, and those will expire. You know, I know BSC Glasgow, for instance, all expire on the thirty-first of May. So, you know, beyond that, we don't you know we won't have any players. Albeit, you know, Swifties, you know, starting to talk to the players just now, and you know we're getting that underway. You know, and in, in preparation. However, so I think, unfortunately, you know, a lot of teams at our level won't have that outlay after perhaps May or June of having to pay players. Uh, so that's the one upside of having short-term contracts. Uh, you know, so I think, you know, that puts us in a, in a, a relatively better position than, than some clubs, perhaps in the SPFL, who have longer-term contracts for their players. But we also have clubs in the league, obviously, you know, who have, uh, you know, their own ground maintenance, etc. Uh, mm-hmm. And to do there, you know, and, you know, plans through the door uh, will pay for a lot of that, undoubtedly. Also, the added complication of, you know, uh, companies are, you know, all in, you know, financial turmoil at the moment as well. Will that affect sponsorship for clubs? Probably. Uh, you know, I think it's it's going to be really difficult to, to get sponsorship. I mean, it was already difficult to get sponsorship, but I think it's going to become increasingly harder to, to, to do so because, you know, you can't ask a company who's furloughed their staff, for instance, for, for money to, to sponsor a football club. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think that may continue for a wee while, you know, getting into the financial side of things, you know, you, you're looking at talk of major recessions after when this is all over. So I think clubs up and down the country will be looking at their budget just now and perhaps readjusting things. Uh, you know, and players might have to accept this as well, Derek. You know, players might have to look at it and say, well, hang on a second. You know, we might not get what we would normally expect to get mm-hmm. in terms of uh, recompense. Uh, so I think everyone has got to alter their expectations after this, and certainly, you know, up until we start again, uh, don't don't need to you know have a think about that. I think you know that's just my own my own point of view. I just think you know we're all going to have to alter the the way we look at things financially in the football world. And just purely from a BSE perspective, has it affected the way that Swifty is looking to build the squad for next season? Like, is he still at liberty to go and make signings at this point, or are you oh, taking yeah. a kind of a, a more of a pragmatic approach to? It? Well, I, I think you know what what I've said. I mean, we've talked you know two or three times myself, uh, Swifty, and, and Kenny. Uh, have, I've had a few Zoom meetings now, and you know. Whilst with, I mean, the emphasis, but there's no actually any rush to sign any up at the yeah. moment mm-hmm. because it's, it's a case of, well, you don't know when you're going to start actually playing. However, I am aware that players are then entitled to speak to other teams. So you're caught in that situation where, well, if you don't speak to them, you don't sign them up, they could go and sign for someone else. Someone else is taking it, just going to take the, the risk and, and sign them and hope that the football will start at a reasonable time. So there's that sort of area where you've got to, you know, look at it and see what you know value is, and in 
doing that. But as I say, we are starting to do it now. Uh, you know, Swift is keen to, to to start that process, and you know, I, think, I believe he's already started it. So, you know, we'll, we'll just be as prepared as much as we can, uh, I think, you know. But, yeah, we'll, we'll continue to monitor the situation, I think, you know. But as I say, there's certainly no rush to go out and to sign players up. And I, I, I firmly believe other clubs will look at that as well because, you know, I mean... You know, look at it realistically. Why would you sign someone up to pay them, and you might not, you might not play till October, November time? Mm-hmm. You know, that's the unfortunate way of looking at it. But it's a realistic way, you know. Uh, but at the same token, as I've said before, you don't want to lose the players. So I think that will force the teams' hands. And another thing that quite a lot of people were wanting me to ask you about: um, when do you see the club moving back? To Glasgow and to a, either a purpose-built facility or sharing a facility. Listen, that's the ultimate goal. We've never stopped looking. We look. I mean, I'm on the case every week with us, uh, and it's the most common question I'm ever asked. <coughs> Understandable. Uh, I, I get that. However, getting ground <laughs> in Glasgow is it's incredibly difficult. Derek, getting away from it. I mean. Primarily down to to the cost of land uh, within within the city, you know it's it's not cheap. Uh, so that's that's a major stumbling block. We've never had great assistance from uh, the council, Glasgow or Glasgow Life, uh, with regards to that. There always seems to be a few few stumbling blocks. Uh, uh, so yeah. We're desperate to move back to Glasgow. There's no, there's no getting away from that fact. We want to be back in Glasgow. You know, I mean, we want to build a fan base. We want to build, you know, a community around it. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a priority for us. However, we've only we can only do it if we've got the right set of circumstances to do it. Uh, and at this moment in time, we don't, unfortunately. Uh, you know, we're we're often uh, cried for for ground sharing and. Uh, and stuff like that, and I get that. I I understand where people are coming from. It's not ideal for us, believe me. But you know, in the general point of ground sharing, and I think it's a way a lot of clubs might have to go in the future from a financial point of view. You know, it, it makes sense. You know, I, I often hear criticism. You know, as I said, of, of us for for ground sharing, other teams for ground sharing. But surely it makes sense. There's no there's no money in Scottish football. Mm-hmm. So why, why why you know I mean why create extra financial burden where you know two teams could possibly share share a ground you know and share the financial the financial burden for it you know so I, I, I get where people are coming from you know you're not regarded as a proper club unless you get your own ground I've heard all the arguments I've heard them all uh, but I tell you it's not for the want to try and Derek uh, we're, we're desperate so would the hope be say in the next five years or so that something could be done I would like to think so I'd like to think quicker than honest with you. Uh, there's nothing imminent at the moment. Uh, you know, with, with nothing, you know, I can turn around and say to you, listen, you know, stuff's going to be start happening in the next wee while. We've been very, very close with a lot of things, you know, to the point of, you know, we thought we were going to sign, uh, you know, for, for somewhere, only to be have the, the rug pulled from us uh, at the last moment. Uh, so... Yeah, we've been very close, but you know, so I'm reluctant to actually put a time scale on it. But <laughs> I would like to, I would like to think it will be, you know, be four or five or six years. That, that's for sure. You know, I wouldn't like to think we're still, we're still out in Alwa, who, by the way, can I just say, are absolutely a magnificent club. You know, mm. everyone at the club, you know, they've really looked looked after us. You know, and we've got a great relationship with them so it's nothing against the hour it's just that we're a Glasgow team yep. we need to get back here <laughs> and then to finish on a lighter note there's only one other um, point that's been raised and mm-hmm. it's to do with Alloa because obviously we all know the, the famous pie in a row I am sorry so uh, the question is what's your favourite thing to eat when you're watching a match uh, my fingernails mate <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair to say. Uh, I don't. Uh, I mean, nah. I, it's not something I do. I, I'm that focused on us winning. Honestly, I just, you know, uh, I you just live and breathe it. You know, it's like everyone else who's involved with the club. You live and breathe it. You know, so you're that engrossed in the game. To be honest with you, so apart from my fingernails, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so not just when Jamie McCormack's in a yellow card then. <laughs> <laughs> and you can imagine that's quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> But no, listen, it's, uh, I appreciate the question, but you know, it's uh, well, that goes in the game that you know, it's 
the nerves take the better of me. But yeah, that's uh, that's us covered everything that generally people had uh, wanted to put to you. I guess the only kind of the other thing that I would want to touch on now is going forward. You we mentioned at the very start that there's that many rifts now that basically Scottish football as a whole needs to heal. Um, yeah. to to make any progress going forward. So, say in the next five ten years, do you think there's a realistic prospect of this non-functioning pyramid as it is just now? Um, to to use a terminology used, becoming more like the English one, with being a bit more fluid and fingers crossed for the benefit of all clubs. I would think, I would, I would hope so. You know, I would like to think everyone will see sense eventually and say, "Listen, come on, we need a bit of freshness within the game. We need to, you know, spice things up a bit. We need new teams in there. You know, we need progressive teams. You know, we've got loads of progressive teams. Mm-hmm. You know, in the Highland League, the Lowland League, the East of Scotland League, the West of Scotland League, South. There's loads of progressive teams that want to come through it. So I'd like to think at one point. The clubs might turn around and say, "Yeah, this is getting a bit stale. We're just playing each other all the time. Rather, you know, usual." Uh, let's you know, let's open it up. Let's get a bit of freshness into the game, because surely the fans as well must must see it and go. Listen, we need a bit of you know, bit of new product here. Uh, so yeah, I would like to think that eventually everyone will see sense. Everyone will come to the same conclusion that you know we need to move, to move the game forward. You need to evolve, and it just feels as if we're not evolving at the moment, Derek. That's the problem. You know, we're just sort of staying the same. Uh, so that yeah within 10 years would be great uh, however I think there's a wee bit to go uh, before <laughs> we actually get to there and then just to put the old fancy hat on to finish off then what would your ideal setup be if it was up to you and you didn't mm-hmm. have any detractors and you were just this is what's happening and that's that what are you talking about above us yeah uh-huh. yeah well I mean <laughs> you've got to be realistic the the, the, the Premier League aren't going to really go above 12, <clears throat> just because of the, the four-old fun game factor. Uh, you know, they would possibly push to 14. You know, I would just like to see somewhere that, you know, allows maximum, maximum promotion. You know, I would like to see a playoff system, for instance. So I'd like to see automatic relegation from the Lowland League uh, and the Highland League, you know, but with a playoff system for Team 41 and perhaps Team 40. 40. You know, and they could play maybe the second team and uh, the, the Lowland League and second team, the Highland League as well. So any system that would, you know, excite the fans, any system that would, you know, spice things up a bit would be good for me. You know, there's not one particular magic solution. I think any system that, you know, allows us to get what we want is good. You know, and I, I know that sounds selfish from, <laughs> from a war pyramid uh, point of view. However, it, it's got to be something like that, you know, something to excite everyone. We've got a stale product at the moment. It's stale. You know, we're doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. I think that was Einstein that said that. You know, it's just, it's it's not good, you know. So I would like to see actually a playoff system similar to England, uh, to be honest with you. You know, whereby the top team automatically is earned the right to go up and then, you know, maybe team two and three within that particular division play is, you know, second and third bottom and, and the second division, for instance. You know, so something like that along those lines. Just something to excite the fans. Someone to get the, you know, the juices flowing at the end of the season. Well, hopefully the juices will be flowing if we can get back to football ASAP. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that's the, the kind of best way to finish it. Just hopefully we're back sooner rather than later. And um, Amen to that. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks again for giving us some of your time. Really appreciate it again. No and problem. hopefully we'll catch up with you again soon. Anytime. No problem, Derek.